the United States of America is called a Christian nation. Christian nation. Christian nation. It's time for a moment of clarity with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Let us pray that this nation does come to a moment of clarity. Faith, faith, faith politics, 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 history, history, and current events. Current events. now, your host, Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with a moment on sports part one. The Michigan Wolverines men's basketball team defeated the UNLV Runnin' Rebels 74-61 last night. Eli Brooks scored 22 points, 12 of which came behind the three-point line, and six more came at the free-throw line. Brooks received plenty of assistance from Musa Diabate and Hunter Dickinson. Diabate tallied 14 points, 6 made field goals, and 7 rebounds, while Dickinson recorded 13 points, 6 successful shots, and 7 rebounds. The Wolverines outscored the Rebels by 6 in the paint, 6 in fast break points, 14 in bench points, and 14 at the free throw line. Michigan's next game will be versus the Arizona Wildcats tomorrow at midnight. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. Oh, boys! I'm back! Oh, I'm back. Well, at least in voice only, I tell you. I've been dealing with uh, not feeling too well this weekend. And uh, I, I think that the uh, Chinese put out this virus just to attack me. I really do. And uh, haven't got my test results back, but my wife has. And she's positive and not in a good way. And uh, so waiting to get mine back. So if all of a sudden I disappear and my dear friend Ed steps in to cover for me, as he is so capable of doing in such a loving and respectful way. Who are you and what have you done with Rick? Is this I told you I was sick. You? I told you I was sick. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, before we get any further, I have to ask this. Derek is there waiting. I know he's going to surprise me with something fantastic because I've been watching it almost all week long. What's happening in curling there, Derek? The World Curling Federation has now partnered with video streaming platform Recast. Oh, all right. Not one mention that fact they just had mixed, uh, the mixed doubles uh, finals for the Olympic team, but we'll cover that next week. Uh, <laughs> hey, you um, pace yourself. What's that? You got to pace, pace yourself on curling. That's right. Otherwise, you get t- people too excited and and then they're running to watch it on TV and not listening to us. So, yeah, we got to pace ourselves. Uh, Quick question for my co-host. Out of all the inventions, now you remember that the TV was invented in 1927. Uh, that's pretty important. The laptop computer in about 1964. Uh, then we have the iPads and everything else and all those electronics. Out of all the inventions in the last hundred years, which one, pick one, do you find to be the most remarkable? How about you, Phil? Phil Stargell, my other co-host. Oh, I, I, I think that when you anything that has to do with 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 making life easier for for uh, the American housewife, I think that the uh, the old the the automatic washing machine. 
So anything that can keep the wife barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen is what you <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I see where you're coming you know, from. You, you know, uh, the, the the ability to for the wife to be able to uh, take care of the household and, uh, yeah, and teach the kids and, you know, help them with it and everything. The one fam, one, uh, one house, one parent working family would, uh, brought about a real renaissance in the education system in this country. Pick one. <laughs> the, the automatic washing machine. The automatic washing machine. Okay, out of all the inventions in the last hundred years, what do you find to be the most remarkable, Ed? Well, in response to Phil, I don't think it was the last hundred years, but I remember reading that one of the most revolutionary inventions in America was the Singer sewing machine yeah. because it freed women from from sewing. And mm -hmm. and uh, so there is that. But I think I think the most remarkable invention of of all is probably the uh cell phone cell just, phone yeah because it's it's basically become the dick tracy device that we all read about in the 60s with the wrist tv and the instant communicator of star trek and yeah. and then it's got more like we know more calculating power more computing power than what we sent to the moon is sitting in your pocket and i was at a restaurant the other day and a gentleman remarked to me as I was, I went to the bathroom and as we're walking out, he says, you know, look around, everybody's looking down at their phones. They're not looking at each other. And I said, well, what happens is, is during the conversation, somebody will say something and somebody else will either fact check or just look for, yeah. uh, you know, information to add to the conversation. Most times it's not always a conversation killer, but people are always referencing to see whether what is said is true or whether there's anything more to be found out about it. All right, now this is my answer. Now I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give Derek a chance to get a rim shot ready for this because this is by far the most remarkable invention over the last hundred years. Ladies and gentlemen, the number one without contest, the number one invention in the last hundred years, the dry erase board is probably the smart. <laughs> Come on, Ed. That's funny. I don't care who you are. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Sure. They, they need to make one that's not. They need to make one that's not susceptible to magic markers. You know, and permanent magic markers. <laughs> <laughs> then it wouldn't be remarkable. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's good. That's good. You see. You got to make it remarkable. So you know, yeah. I got to tell you, I, I totally that went right over my head until you just explained it to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I knew it would. Um, oh my goodness! I still got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's because his grandson. His grandson explained it to me. Hey, um, a lot has happened this week. I want to talk a little bit about this because I'm finding this rather disturbing. Um. We had a trial going on this last week. Verdict came in. Uh, the jury found the the defendant innocent on all charges. And since this started, since this young man was first accused, first by our president of being a white supremacist without even looking at the evidence of what was out there, and the left 
uh, looking at the evidence, they they made this about politics and about gun control and about white supremacy and everything else. And yet the jury came back with an innocent verdict for Kyle Rittenhauser. And first of all, and I have to say, you may not be a lawyer, but you watched one on TV once because you called it dead on when it came to the misdemeanor charge uh, of uh, of of have him having a gun underage. You called it. You said there was a loophole there. You saw that. You were expecting it to come, and it happened. How did you figure that out, Ed? You're not I that smart. Read, I read the law, unlike the prosecutor. I read the law. Yeah. It was pretty simple. Ah, yeah, you called that dead on. He dropped that out. He didn't even give that as an option to the jury because it didn't meet the law. Well, the prosecutor re retracted the charge. It wasn't just the judge. The prosecutor retracted it, I believe. So it's it's just, uh, you know, this is how political char politically charged, there shouldn't have been any of those charges pressed. Not one of them had a basis in reality. No. And, and, you know, President Trump called that right from the beginning as he saw it and he, he said what he thought he saw. And um, I wish I had the sound, but he came out and said he was surprised that he even went to court. And so am I. After watching everything that happened and there was a lot of information out there about Kyle Rittenhouse and why he was there and everything else. right? From the and um, the fact is, the left made this about politics right from the they made it about race. And I. I I have to ask this question. A white man shoots in self-defense three white men. How on earth is that racist? Oh, I'd like to explain that to you. Oh, please I, do. Yeah. Um, there was a guy, Jacob, who was Jacob somebody or other, and he was shot by a police officer, I believe in the back several times in Kenosha. And I can't remember if this Jacob Blake, and I think that guy, I think the cop got off. And so the rioting was in response to the Jacob Blake verdict. And so because Kyle, because Kyle was uh, defending his grandparents' property against these rioters who were, you know, what's the, what's the word? Peacefully protesting, you know. There was nothing the, peaceful about it. Exactly. They were rioting on behalf of the uh, uh, BLM and everybody who was uh, trying to get away, you know, trying to react to this other case, which did seem to be racist, that anybody who would respond to the rioters in a negative way must be racist white supremacists. Except that this all started, come to find out this attack all started with him when he tried to stop them from rolling a burning dumpster into a gas station. Owned by his grandparents. Owned by his grandparents. He was defending family property when this happened. Everybody who says that he crossed the state line, you know, looking to be a vigilante. No, he was helping out family in that town protect their property. And I applaud him for it. You know, all this, I've had somebody at work tell me, well, if he just wouldn't have gone. Well, there's a lot of things that wouldn't happen if people hadn't have gone. For, perhaps uh, the rioters, if they hadn't come from you know, many more miles away to riot, they wouldn't have gotten shot and killed or wounded or lost a half an arm. And I'm glad I'm glad you use that word riot more than peaceful protest because there was nothing peaceful about that. It was not a protest. It was a riot. It was an absolute riot for the sake of rioting. And yeah, it had nothing to sense. do with BLM or it had nothing to do with black lives or black 
Black Justice or anything else like this. AOC, I, I don't even like referring to her. She's a nut. She's an absolute nut. But AOC basically said, well, it, this justice was served for who it was written for, implying that because he was white, he got off. And I would say, I agree with AOC. Justice was served for who it was written for, we the people. <laughs> you know, she, she tried to make this a whole racist thing. And, and the fact is, you had 12 jury members that heard it and listened to it, and they didn't take it lightly. I want you to notice they weren't in for five minutes and walk out. They re-looked at the video over and over again. We got that. They they actually had one, and the left went nuts over this. One of the jurors asked the judge if she could have the 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 directions and take them home and look at the directions so she knew how she was to decide this. So um, she did right. She was doing her homework. I want to know exactly how these directions go, so I am going to find innocent or guilty based on the directions you're giving me and what the law states. The left went nuts over the fact that the judge gave her the directions in writing to take home. Why? So you, you mean the same, the same media that was chasing their bus on their way home? Yeah. Yeah, and what's, yeah. even get, what, what's even sillier, it, it was the defense, Kyle's team, that objected to her taking it home. The prosecution didn't object to it. But now that it actually worked against them, the left is saying, well, why did the judge do this? And I, I also want to point out that the judge is a Democrat. That amazes me. That, I mean, that when I heard that, that just flat out amazed me. Yeah, but and, he must be the good Democrat. So let, let's take this call from Joe. So when we get off topic, we can get right back on, if given enough time. Um, hey, Joe, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. But you're right to point out that this Rittenhouse trial epitomizes where we are today in this country with the left bending and twisting and politicizing everything. And like Biden's approval rate shows us, there is a small minority of people in this country who does not give a whit about facts, evidence, or what reality is. All they care, and they still don't know what's going on because they're watching CNN and MSNBC. And I'm of German descent, so I don't say this lightly. But you need to remember that only 7% of the of Germans were the original Nazis. And we have Antifa, which are today's fascists engaging in Hitlerian brown shirt tactics in the street. And if we don't wake up and snip in the bud what's going on in this country out of the fascist party, this country will be dead. All that is needed for evil to prevail is good peoples to do nothing. So the Rittenhouse trial, I mean, just exposes these people delusions you know what i find interesting is this was and I, i'm going to say this from both sides and i understand the side of the right saying hey this this is so cut and dry that this man was defending himself if the judge finds against him it's a big slap in the face to to the second amendment and i understand that but that's the side that the right took the left took is we need this to go through to show that Trump is a racist and that guns need to be taken off the street and they lost this battle. And it was all about politics. And 
not really in the media was it portrayed so much as is this young man innocent or guilty? Um, the the Democrat and I have to give her kudos on this. I don't always agree with her, and I Telsey Gil Gabbard, I think her name is. She came Telsey out and said Gabbard, the jury yeah. made the right decision, and she's a big time Democrat. She ran as for as president on the Democrat um, party. She came right out and said the jury made the right decision on this. And it's important that we remember this was not about gun control or Second Amendment, even though it would affect both depending on the outcome. We yeah, have to remember in reality so it had to always be about no there was this young man's no innocence or person shot in this incident. And they're still peddling the racist angle. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah, everyone is. Biden, at first, when he said he'd stand by the jury, put out a release later that he was really sorry about the verdict, you know, yep. and went into his political diatribe. And the left is all over going nuts over this over this um, finding of five counts of not guilty. And they are absolutely going crazy over this. Every one of them, not just AOC, but everyone. I. I but look I, how they want actually, to use the system, especially AOC wants to use the system to her advantage when it came to the the Congress, the Republican congressman that put up a uh, depiction of her uh, being killed, I guess. But she, where was she at when they put up the one with the, with the, uh, the, 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 the cutting off the president's head and holding Kathy, his head. Yeah, you're talking it, about Kathy Gerson. Uh, and what about yeah. Snoop Dogg in the video shooting a Trump lookalike in yeah, one of his Snoop, music yeah. videos? We could go on and on. For every one incident, they point to a, in whataboutism on the right. We can show a thousand examples of the nastiness of the left. Well, as the, as the uh, House... Minority leader said very well a number of times in his speech, the Democrats have written laws for thee and not for me. Yeah. You know? Uh, as he pointed well, out that, that. Take care. God bless. God bless. And we'll get into that. And I want to get into that that whole thing on, on that particular case here in a bit. But I want to get back at, to Kyle at Rittenhouse. And the fact that... I watched this case, and as I watched it unfold, and I went back and watched more tapes and more tapes, trying to be responsible as a citizen to find out if I was going to be outraged or happy with the result. And I was actually trying to watch it from the perspective of, is this young man innocent or guilty? I was presuming he was innocent the way we're supposed to before I made my mind up. I think that's what we're supposed to do, isn't it, Ed? I can't hear you, Ed. So I'll, I'll ask Phil. That's what we're supposed to do, isn't it? Yeah, uh, we are all presumed to be innocent until proven in a court of law, and 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 that is, I think, we are almost unique in that in that uh, in that form of uh, how we judge uh, someone. In uh, you don't in, know how true that statement think, is. I grew uh, up right across the creek there. You know, right across the creek. And I'm not talking about the big one. I'm talking about the Detroit River. I grew up in Canada. And over there, we are told, if the police pull you over, they have their reasons and you have to show why they're wrong. Mm -hmm. See a difference there? Well, we do that We do that to some degree with um, all the uh, confiscation laws where they can take 
save money that they they take off of a suspect in a traffic stop and then you have to sue to get it back even if you're not charged with the traffic stop it's yeah and i, I think that needs to get challenged more and more but we're supposed yeah. to be in this country innocent until proven guilty other right. countries what? they don't have that within their in the napoleonic code in the napoleonic code you were guilty until proven innocent what, right. what surprises me in this country, and I'm aware of it, people act like I'm not aware of it when I mention it at different venues, but what surprises me is that you are innocent until proven guilty. So Kyle Rittenhouse, he went into that trial, and if it had been a hung jury, that meant that they couldn't find 12 people that 100% agreed that he was guilty, then... When that trial was hung, then he's still innocent, right? Yep. So how come you can have, you can try him again on the same charge and not be under double jeopardy? A hung jury, you can have a- They didn't come back with again. a not guilty verdict. I know. Why Why do you have to have a 12-person uh, vote saying not guilty? It doesn't jive with me. I, something I'd like to ask David Coleman next time I see him. I like the fact that you need a unanimous decision either way around. Even though no, I, I don't like the unanimous for not guilty, does for I just I just explained because you could get right. hit, hit, hit unless I'm misinterpreting what's happening. You get bankrupted. You, you could if you keep coming across ground, um, juries that were hung continually. Yeah, I I think there's a a place where the judge can deem it whether. If, if it's a hung jury and dismiss the case with or without prejudice. Yeah. Well, I wish I was a lawyer and I could answer that better, but I'm yeah, not, so I can't. You're not, but you did watch one on TV. I know. Cause you got one question right last week. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, so, can I, may I say something along those lines? Yeah. Am I, I was actually in my, uh, divorce case against, you know, with my first wife, not my current love of my life. Uh, my the lawyer love of your life. Does that, Imply there will be others in the future? No, it implies that they'll never mind. She's <laughs> listening. I love you, honey. No, but it's just my lawyer, when I kept suggesting things, she said, why do you even have a lawyer? Because we were doing everything I suggested. I said, because the court won't recognize me as being my own lawyer in divorce court. She says, yeah, you're right. But, you know, and then the case happened with uh, somebody else I was helping uh, who had a public defender. And I actually made suggestions to the public defender. And they took them and kid got off you know it's like you wonder about you know when you have prosecutors like you have in kenosha you wonder what value a law degree has these days even even abe lincoln didn't go to law school and he was a lawyer i tried that once and the lawyer told me to stop watching the practice so there you go <laughs> <laughs> okay um well so, it, may, it, it makes you doubt ben franklin's words right uh yeah. a, a man that Defends himself in a court of law and has, has a, a fool, fool for a lawyer. And Ed is just that fool. Yes. <laughs> so I want to get back to this real because it's been kind of bothering me on how the media is still pushing the narrative that um, the jury system is broke, it's racist. It only helps out young white men that can cry and that there's something magical in white men's tears. Um, they use Kavanaugh and Rittenhauser because they both cried that they can get free and they make it all about race. What about and Bill Clinton? Why can't, it just be, why can't it just be about justice? Yeah. 
but they but say think, justice is racist. I, I think that Bill Clinton had a pretty good run with uh, a white guy crying. Well, he's yeah. a white cracker. He was a white cracker. <laughs> he's from Arkansas. Huh? Bill Clinton he's was a, a white man. Okay. Yep. That's what he's saying. Okay. So, um, every, everyone's get, going broken up on me. So, stop breaking up on me. I, I can't deal with another breakup. I had enough of those in high school. <laughs> Be back after these messages. Pastor Richard Dietering on Wham. Pastor Rick will be joining you momentarily, but in the meantime, I'm Derek Stone with another moment on sports. 25 years ago on November 23rd, the 1997 Stanley Cup champion Detroit Red Wings annihilated the Los Angeles Kings 6 0. A pair of Hockey Hall of Famers, Steve Eiserman and Brendan Shanahan, scored two goals apiece. Iserman tallied his first goal about halfway through the first period, and his other came roughly three and a half minutes into the middle frame, while Shanahan registered his first goal at the 38-second mark of the second period, and he lit the lamp again in the final five minutes of regulation. Thomas Holmstrom and Darren McCarty recorded the other Red Wings goals to support Chris Osgood, who stopped all 26 shots he faced between the pipes. Now here's your Moment of Clarity host, Pastor Rick Dietering. Oh, we're not back yet? He's back. Oh, okay. I guess <laughs> I don't get my uh, he's back thing. Yeah, but I'm he's sorry. Back thing I, is not back. I dropped the ball I, I, on that I'm one. I'm heartbroken. That's all I can say. I'm heartbroken. <laughs> I'm happy. Um, hey, folks, we're back. Hey. Slight <laughs> uh, like technical error. Yeah, so I opened the show... Uh, and a lot of this is disappointment, not towards the political left, meaning people like AOC, because we all know she's nuts. And uh, the media is what got, got me out of this. The media used to be at one point where you could watch it and, hey, I saw it on the news, so it must be so, you know. And then eventually Walter Cronkite, Walter Cronkite became a left-wing commie. And uh, you can stop, no longer trust the news. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse since then. To this point, you no longer have the news. You have a lot of people on the news channels that are sitting in chairs like Phil and Ed and I, where we just comment on what's going on and give our opinions. But you can't go on the news and get the news anymore. And they're all pushing their own agendas. And in this case, we find that most of the news, I'm going to say the mainstream media in general, has one purpose, and that is to break the system as we have it today and to redesign a new system to their making, not to the making of the Constitution. They want to get sort rid of, of the like Constitution and break things apart and, and totally throw out the Constitution and rebuild this country in their image. Sort of and, like a uh, great reset, huh? Yeah, the great reset is absolutely right. So... Speaking of the Great Reset, put on your seatbelts. It's Walter. How you doing, Walter? Hey, guys. Uh, hey. Pretty good. I hope I'm coming through clear. Um, look, 
before I uh, get to my point on uh, Kyle, uh, you guys were talking today. The left was talking about how he had uh, shedding crocodile tears and stuff like that. Um, I want to mention one of theirs who was shedding crocodile tears on Inauguration Day about um, nine, ten years ago. Who was yeah. crying for Brock and Sane, Ali, Rashid, Rahid, Sam? That's right. Throw that in there. Sam Obama, who was crying on Inauguration Day, even though he couldn't stand the Obamas. Yeah, Jesse and Jackson. Where's the camera? Jerkson. That's Martin Levin's turn for him. Jesse Jerkson. Jesse Jackson was shedding fake tears for Obama. For a dirty crook, a liar, a slandering thief, Barack Obama, a p- imposter, fraud, fake phony, and he couldn't shed tears for what's right, but he shed tears for an evil man, Barack Hussein, Ali, Rashid, Sam Obama. Now that I didn't get that out of Wayne, got even with the dirty Democrats in the left. That's right. I said it again. Let's, you know, let's have a little uh, family devotion from the Bible about following the crowd and listening to slandering evil reports and lying on the righteous. Or put it this case in this case, in this put it in these words: the innocent. Exodus chapter twenty-three. You know, even a lot of Christians that go to church and jump and shout on Sundays and grumping down on Mondays don't even know this is, is even in the Bible. You must, I'm reading from another translation instead of the King James Version. You must not pass along false rumors. You must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. Number two. You must not follow the crowd. Here's the problem with all the hell raisers taken to the streets, uh, Portland, Oregon, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm pretty sure some churchgoers, professing Christians, joined them. And the ones in Detroit would definitely join them, like Pastor um, Sheffield and uh, the one from King Solomon, Solomon, Suleiman Church. Only message they preach nowadays is COVID. You must not follow the crowd in doing wrong. When you are called to the testify in a dispute, do not be swayed by the crowd to twist justice. Thank God for that jury. Do not slander. Do not slant your testimony in any favor of a person just because that person is poor. And in other words, a rich, also rich. There's another one. Be sure never to charge anyone falsely with evil. Never sentence an innocent or blameless person to death, for I never declare a guilty person to be innocent. So what is he saying? What am I hearing on the radio, even on the black stations, the Christian stations, so-called Christians, you know, from the inner city churches, you know, particularly the uh, jackass tabernacle churches, black churches who uh, don't have no problem with murdering babies. They're lying on him just as much as the sinners are. Yep. Hey, thanks a lot for your call there. Appreciate it, Walter. You know, I want to add one other scripture to what he was saying when it comes to this, and it comes to mind. You shall do no it. You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor honor the person of the high and mighty. In other words, we shouldn't be looking at the person, where they stand in society, what party they're with, how much money they have, or how much money they don't have. Justice needs to be justice. And. Uh, 
after watching the videos, the jury got it right. The jury got yeah. it right. Justice yeah. was done. But the left and the media are going to try to use this to tear apart the country, not based on this young man's innocence, but the fact that they they need another thing to tear this country apart. They I'm want tired to, they of want it. To- it would be a way of their abrogating our Second Amendment rights. They've done so much against our First Amendment rights, our Fourth Amendment rights. This is just this was just their attack on the Second, which they'd been struggling with. The right to self-defense is is, I mean, it's biblical. It's it's historic. It's it's not not something new, and it didn't start with this country. We we codified the Second Amendment that, you know, we have the right to bear and carry arms. For our own self-defense, that's and the defense of the nation, and so this whole thing has been trying to break that down. Now they're talking about, oh, the feds are going to come in, the DOJ is going to come in now and pull one of those uh, civil rights cases out of this that he uh, that he deprived these. Uh, uh, let's see now, the uh, guy who was a uh, wife beater, the guy who was a child molester, uh, they were all rioters that he deprived them of their uh, um, civil rights because he defended himself. And then, you know, is the fact that are they going to be able to do a, uh, a civil case? This guy, These guys' relatives, are they going to be able to punish Kyle by doing a civil case against him because of, uh, you know, uh, damages, you know, like we saw with OJ? Yeah, and what I find disturbing about this, and I'm glad you brought up OJ, it's the same thing. Um, he was found. He was found not guilty. He's presumed innocent, and that that presumption of innocence is still there, right? Because mm-hmm. he was presumed innocent, and he was found not guilty. How can then we allow for people to come in and just start doing frivolous lawsuits? Do you know how many people could bring in frivolous lawsuits on, on this whole mess and keep this poor kid broke forever? He was found well, we, innocent. Yeah, unfortunately, we have uh, wealthy billionaire liberals, leftists who are willing to make an example and to punish Kyle and they'll fund the lawyers just like they funded the, their uh, these people who ran for these offices as a, as a prosecutor and district attorneys throughout the country, like in Chicago, like in Kenosha. You know, I mean, unfortunately, there's deep pockets on the left to do damage yeah. to citizens. And here, here's what I hope. I hope Kyle sues the president yeah, for accusing him of being a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. The day it happened, I mm-hmm. hope that Kyle sues the media's news media's for calling calling him this and uh, accusing him of being guilty and trying to trying to persuade the jury before it was even done. So I hope he does that. Yeah, go ahead, Phil. Uh, I would like to see the the people it, uh, that want us sue Kyle uh, go into the court. They, at least they won't do it like Joe Biden is trying to do with the illegals in settling before a jury has even had a chance to to examine the evidence of what they're trying to pull off. All right. Now, Phil, I'm going to start calling you Joe, because you just switched right. us to the next thing. You just switched us into another conversation altogether, but it's a good conversation, and it does have some link. We got the but left trying it, to control it, things. But, we but we the have the left is, wanting to give the, the illegal aliens in here money 
just we're trying to give them reparations. Yes. When I say we, I mean not and, us, and, but the and, left. And my black brothers and sisters are a four four square. But you know, you remember when the uh, election began this year? All of the talk on the Democrat side was we're gonna we're gonna get reparations to to black Americans for slavery. And has it happened? No. Did it? Did I believe it was going to happen? No. Why? Simply because they kept saying, we're going to do an investigation. So, but the investigation has absolutely no teeth. But here we are, they are going to court and, and ready to, uh, to, to, to backdoor millions of dollars, billions of dollars. You know, and it's not, unfortunately, it's not just the, the, the motive isn't to pay these people for some unjust uh, action that was taken against them, separating them from their children or something at the border. That is not the motive for this. The motive for this is to destroy the American economy so that we can go to what Rick was talking about earlier, the Great Reset. Just That's what the whole thing about what's what they're facing, the trillion-dollar budgets they're trying to bring in with everything in a kitchen sink thrown into it. And the whole purpose is to crash the economy and devalue the dollar so that we will go socialist, communist out of fear. Tim yeah. Wahlberg put up a, a, a statement showing this trillion upon trillion dollar package that the Democrat House just tried to shove through. And he, he said he didn't vote for it. And thank God he didn't. What I find amazing is the retribution from the left on him on that on that page of what things they're saying to him. One caught my attention is the writer says, it's the government's job to provide the people what they need out of the taxes. It, it, that's a pseudo quote, but pretty much dead on. It's not the government's job to provide. It's not, it's not Biden's job or Trump's job or, or, or the governor's job, or the Senate's job, or anyone else to put money in my pocket. It's not their job. Yeah. They have redefined They have redefined the term general welfare. General welfare, when the Constitution was written, meant that basically the health of the country, not you know what we call welfare now, which are direct payments to individuals to stay home. Right. Yeah, the general welfare of the nation speaks yeah. to it. And so I've lost so many friends. I mean, real life friends, not Facebook friends, real life friends, because I disagree with the fact that we're not the nanny state. We should not be providing. I had one liberal says, well, I'm more conservative than you. I don't think we should be helping out the veterans. That's the one group he doesn't feel we should be giving money to is the veterans. Wow. wow. They, they sent a contract. That's part of their pay, that package is part of their pay. We don't sign a contract saying we will be good citizens if you keep paying us. You know, that doesn't the death benefit. The death but, benefit for an American soldier is in the range of $100,000. And we're going to give these people $450,000 each, and we don't even know their names or their addresses. And 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 they're saying because we, we separated from their children and come to find out, you got kingpins and drug lords bringing kids over saying it's their kids and it's not. Yeah, and this is why they're actually separating them. 
Rent to kids. All these adults because they need to find out if these are truly their parents. It's not to be mean. It's not to scare little Juan or Jose. It's yeah. to make sure that they are they are not with bad people. Yeah, and and that should be re reason to uh, deport them back to their home country. For them to have their children sit out with people that are strangers and, and that are drug dealers and traffickers of children and everything else, and they are here, maybe illegally or more than likely illegally, they, but they had the government deliver their child to them after the coyotes bring them to the country. If that's, that's some kind of a felony, but but the Democrats, knowing that they are they are such dirty people, you know what they did? They they took it from being a felony to illegally enter this country to a misdemeanor, so the people can come into this country and if they get a green card, they can assume all of the rights of every American that has done everything they could right and the people that come from around the world and go through the right channels to get into this country, all of that is nullified by people coming across the border with, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a caravan and, and getting in uh, illegally not and only then fitting have, for their children. Not only do we have the least restrictive immigration laws, and they're not that tough. If, if you follow the laws to get here, they're not that tough. We have the least restrictive laws of any nation that I know of. And we bring the most people in. We bring and, in a million people every year. And yet when they break the law, even though it's the least restrictive, when they break the law, we have the least enforcement of those laws that are not that restrictive to make sure they're not coming over here illegally. You have to ask yourself, if they're not that restrictive and it's easier to get over here than any other country, why are we promoting the idea of making these people break the law to come over here in the first place? And the reason we're allowing it is because the Democrats have no care about the war on drugs. That's a false war, a false narrative, because it's drug, drug lords bringing the kids over. They have no care about terrorists because you got terrorists coming over that border. It's all about maybe they can get one or two more votes or one or two more cartels supporting them. I'm telling you, the Democrats, in my opinion, are supported strictly by illegal cartels. Yeah, and, and but the thing is, it ain't just a few more votes. No. Uh, it is said that Barack Obama was the recipient of 15 million votes directly related to the amnesty that Ronald Reagan uh, uh, let Ted Kennedy talked him into signing when and the numbers are appalling to me because they were only given supposedly amnesty for three million, I mean, two million people. And there was at that time, there was only 12 million Hispanics here in this country. And, and amnesty was granted for two million. It yeah. ended up getting three million and 15 million came in through chain migration. 15 million and, and Barack Obama was the recipient of those votes. Go when ahead. Legal immigrants, when legal immigrants come to this country, they have to take classes in citizenship, civics, 
I mean, they learn more about how this country is supposed to work and constitutional principles than most kids do in grade school, certainly today. And so they come out with an appreciation of the way this government's supposed to work. When you let somebody in over the border, they're used to having a king, a gang lord, a, a thug rule over them, and that's life for them. And they don't know about constitutional principles. And they don't learn them. And they then they become all tribal, like we've seen in uh, uh, Somaliland, there where uh, What's-Her-Face is from up in um, Minnesota. You know, it's like oh you my. get these enclaves. Exactly. And you get all these enclaves, and it just becomes this this. And I'm not saying tribal in the sense of, oh, because they're black. No, it's just this tribal in the cultural anthropological sense that they don't come outside of their community. They don't assimilate, and they certainly don't take on the values that made this country great. And that is what the left is trying to do. They're trying to get us away from a constitutional republic by bringing in all these people that know nothing about it and won't adhere to it and won't support it. I'll tell you what I found very surprising. One of the culture shocks that I had moving over here, uh, back over here and going to school here is the lack of civics lessons. Everything was social studies. We didn't have civics lessons over here. And um, I, I think that we need to get here. back to that. What's that? That changed, here. that changed here in about, I think, 1966, maybe in the 67, because I remember the class when all of a sudden I went from civics and citizenship to something social called social studies. studies. Yeah. Like, yeah. What the heck is social studies? You know, what's that mean? We we had a class a called mistake. American government, mm -hmm. but it wasn't handled like it wasn't handled like a civics class. It was more indoctrination into a socialized left. And, yeah. and it's coming from Canada, I recognized it. So I'd ask the tough questions about like I'd ask my government teacher tough questions like, what does your constitution say about this? <laughs> you know? And, and we don't care. No. Yeah. Uh, at that time, when I started the, that class, um, I can tell you my my government teacher, and I'm using that term loosely, and I'm using air quotes and everything else, it was social studies. He talked more about how he hated Richard Nixon and the Republican Party that year than I learned how the voting laws apply to the average citizen in this country. That's that sad. hasn't changed. That well, hasn't changed. Have either of you decided what the best route to be to take to reverse this or put an end to this march to socialism or communism? I would like to see parents start homeschooling their kids and start yes. teaching them civics. Amen. Actually get civics courses. Or put them in private schools where those schools teach civics. Get them into a school that teaches classical education, including civics. Um, it's, I, I hate to say this, our public school system is beyond repair. Right yeah. now, the unions have so destroyed it that the best thing we can do with the education system in the United States, not just in Michigan, but in the United States, is take it out of the hands of the socialist unions and start putting them back in the local communities, start teaching things like rhetoric and logic and math and science. I mean, real science, not not global warming garbage, but real science and 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 civics, not not social studies. Yeah. I, I think any school, private school that has in their agenda at all, their curriculum is social studies. You need to pull your kids from that school immediately. 
Wasn't that a proposal made by uh, Donald Trump about uh, having the money go to the parents and let them take their kids? Yeah, it goes back before Trump. Yeah, I know, I know, but he he, uh, proposed that in uh, direct uh, conflict with, with the COVID thing. You know, because all of the kids, and he, he seen that they, that they were getting a, a real a real shellacking in the schools because of uh, the the bad the bad teaching. And then uh, look look at how so many uh, countries across have surpassed us in in uh, in in the education of our kids. I mean, we're in the, like the thirty eighth position. Of uh, of the of the uh, the competitions, you know, I'm trying to get Ilona Rube to run for for the state uh, school school board, whatever the school what's it called, Ed? I don't know the state, state Michigan state uh, school board. There you go. Yeah, no, Michigan. Hey, folks, we'll get back to this next week. I'll see you all next week, God willing. And thanks a lot, Ed and Phil and Derek. Y'all have a blessed week. Bye bye. You've been listening to a moment of clarity on Wham Talk 1600 with your host, Pastor Richard Dietering. Be sure to tune in again next week, right here on Wham Radio. Heinz